Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, the Big X. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Chris Embry. Behind the glass for the production today is, of course, Doc Parks. I want to thank the crew here at the Weekend Sports Buzz. We had a lot, a lot of good momentum right now uh, going for the show. We are brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. We actually do have A.J. Jenkins in studio with us. We're going to be talking a little bit of college basketball and all things in that. So no need to, you know, we're not going to necessarily harp on just college basketball or just MMA or anything like that. But anytime you'd like to chime in, um, you know, we would love to hear from you. Awesome. I don't really know the first thing about college basketball, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> it's funny, yeah, the well. the, um, the cross, you know, there's, there's, there's some people who are into both, right. who are oh, into yeah. traditional Fantastic. ball sports. I heard Chewy describe this recently. The traditional ball sports, um, basketball, baseball, football, you know, all of that, and fighting. But not all. that's not always the case. No, not at all. I, I don't really follow. The only thing I've ever really followed since I was a kid was was any, was any a martial art. You know what I mean? I would even, like, watch old sumo wrestlers. Would you? And all that. I loved that. And I thought it was really cool how they were, you know, use their hips and all that stuff. And even at an early age, I understood you know, why they, or how they did what they did and why they did it. I recently read a book called The Toughest Man to Ever Live. It's about Conte Komde, the guy who taught uh, taught Japanese jiu-jitsu to the Gracies. Oh, nice. Like, I think 1895 or something's when he started. And, you know, he would travel, little Japanese guys, five foot four, um, was raised, the reason I just mentioned it is he was raised in a, a small city in Japan, and his father was an amateur sumo wrestler. So he came up learning a little bit of judo and Japanese jiu-jitsu. That's pretty cool. So his foundation really was in sumo. So to the tune of what you mentioned with the sumo, yeah, it all does. Because uh, so much of, of fighting is base and core. and, yeah. and it's um, translatable. Yeah, it's tra- very, very translatable between the, the others. So, um, But we do appreciate the support of Louisville Combat Academy. Just a recap of what Louisville Combat Academy is. If anyone in the state of Kentucky has any inkling of getting into a cage or fighting or competing in any way, there's not much debate, really. Louisville Combat Academy is the way to go. I think so. <laughs> uh, the, the largest active state uh, stable of fighters in the state. Yep. You guys have, I see some of these pictures. Uh, was it last night or the night before? You guys had a lot of people in there doing uh, some. some it, was, it was yesterday. Yeah, okay. it was yesterday. It was a day class. Uh, we actually have had uh, my old coach, Jason Y. And he's the one that started, or well owned, uh, Louisville MMA. Okay, and that's where I started at, and a lot of the guys that are teaching now. Even Chewy was there for quite a while. Okay, um, at Louisville MMA, and what a tremendous knowledge base this dude. So has, Jason he's, Y he's stopped in to train with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I think he's gonna, try, you know, I don't know. We don't, we don't really have anything set in stone or anything, but he's really, he's been out of the game a little while, you know, taking a break or whatever. But now he's back in and. He just wants to come up. He, you know, he wants to help our guys or whatever. And Jason's just like a fantastic. Uh, he has a the best way or the best ability to just go and just figure out what what you're doing. If something's wrong, he knows how to fix it immediately. Okay. And immediately adjust. You know what I'm saying? He can analyze and fix and adjust immediately. He's one of the best ring guys I've ever seen, you know. I had the opportunity to spend some time with Dusty Stingle a few days ago. Oh, yeah, Dusty. And I was on a car trip, a road trip with him, and I got to talk to him quite a bit. And one of the things he said was, you know, 
He's looking to get. He's a successful. I think he's a two and two pro fighter. Had a yeah, good, very yeah. successful amateur career, and he's only like twenty five or sub yeah, twenty seven, really maybe. Um, so he wants to get back into it, and yeah. to get back into it, if you've taken a little bit of time off or maybe not trying trained as much lately, there's a lot of different ways you can go about doing it. One of the ways would be jump right into it, and in Louisville or really in Kentucky, the best way to do that would be to go to one hundred one hundred five Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky four zero two seven two. Uh, which is Louisville Combat Academy, and to get some really tough rounds in with a lot of those guys. He was telling me about some of the rounds he had with Isaiah Ferguson. Yeah, I heard about that too. I wasn't actually there for that quite or for that for that sparring session, but it was nasty <laughs> from what I hear. Isaiah Isn't it funny a, how just a Isaiah sparring is a monster, session. Dude, you know, Isaiah is tough. Kid is a monster, man. Well, I say kid. He's like twenty five, but to me, he's a kid. I'm old, so yeah, <laughs> you know. But yeah, he's he's a fantastic. It's funny how sparring dude. sessions like that can. Have everybody talking. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. And Dusty's no, he's no slouch, bro. No, Dusty's a Dusty's very, good. very competent striker. Really good wrestler. And, you know, really he, good striker. Yeah, really good re- striker, wrestler. Uh, he's got some good submissions. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's pretty well-rounded. I mean, he was from Bad Dog, I believe, originally. And uh, I actually taught out there the last six months they were open for A.J. Sherrard. And, uh, man, he, Dusty's impressive. Dusty was one of the first guys I had here in studio with me when I got going, I think in 2012 or something. Yeah. Right. And there's that picture of where I'm in the background from 2013 where Dusty's legs being bent the wrong way. Yes. And you said yeah. you were cornering him. I was in the corner for, of that yeah. fight. I was over there cringing in the corner watching that. I didn't know you at the time, but it, yeah, it's wild. Right. There's a lot of uh, – it's a small, it's a tight-knit small community. community. Yeah, it's a small community for sure. Um, but as far as the weekend sports buzz go, goes – uh, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. Our bread and butter, especially this time of the year, Chris, Doc, would be college basketball. There's no way around it. Uh, Kentucky's not in the, the final game. Chris, I'm sorry. Yes. Very yeah. very sorry. I know that was your preseason prediction. Doc, I'm sorry also. Yeesh. Yeah. Uh, but... We, we do have some exciting games. Yesterday, I got to catch the very end of the Virginia and Auburn game. Did you guys see the end of that game? Yeah. I, at least saw the highlights, yes. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I was able to get to watch it. I was out at Rec Bar with my, my kids and, and some friends and got to see um, the guy at the very end got fouled for Virginia while shooting a three. They were down by two. And it wasn't a foul like I run up and I, I hit you with my hands. It was, uh, I'm going to pretend like I'm not fouling you, but I'm going to really bump you with my hip. So, I mean, that's still a foul. Right. Um, I think the, the, ref, the referee description was, if you jump up, you're, in theory, really, you're supposed to jump up and then kind of come right back down. He was not doing that. He was jumping like this, like throwing his hips into you, knocking you down. So, he got three free throws, nailed all three of them, even uh, after a, a timeout before the third one in Virginia. A year after being the first team ever to be knocked out as a one seed by a number 16 seed, Tony Bennett is taking the team to the national championship. Yeah, it's a good turnaround from last year. Uh, Getting knocked out in the first round, being the first team ever to get knocked out as a one against the 16. uh, It's a pretty good story. Uh, But, you know. What does that tell us? There's a lot of college basketball topics to get to. Um... But that actually, to me, says something about the parity in college basketball. Yeah. Uh, and indirectly, you guys, I know you'll tie it into why Calipari's the greatest thing since sliced bread, despite being knocked out in the Elite Eight. That is correct. 
<laughs> well, you know what? Uh, you're right. These I, teams, I, I knew. I you know I knew where I was headed. These teams that are in uh, the championship game didn't have a lot of McDonald All Americans. Didn't have the top recruits. Uh, but it, look, both teams that are in there uh, play awesome defense, and uh, you don't have to have the best players in the world to win a championship. Uh, but out of the two teams <clears throat> that takes one and dones, both of those teams made it to the Elite Eight, which tells you that style <clears throat> does work. It got them to the Elite Eight. Didn't win it all, but at only two teams out of 330, 40 teams, you know, do the one and done like that, and they both made it to the Elite Eight. I know we're going to hear from our caller, <clears throat> one of our favorite callers, Mike, or goes by Blue, Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what do you think the rhetoric he'll be saying is? He'll, he'll be saying Cal can't win the big game. He's been there 10 years, only one title. He's going to say I elite. They don't so. hang banners for Elite Eights is what Blue's going to be saying. Right. Uh, he he loves to relish in Kentucky's defeat as a Kentucky fan. Hint, hint. A Kentucky fan? Is that what you're calling him? Uh, undercover Lowell fan. No, I'm just kidding. No, Blue's a great no, guy. No, I'm messing with you, Blue. Uh but no, I don't know. He he gives Cal a, a rough time. He don't like Cal. I understand he's not for everyone, but uh, I, I don't want to focus just on John Calipari. But <laughs> however, Kentucky fans are crazy, and I know they're listening, right? Yeah. Um, seven elite eights in ten years, Doc. That's it's pretty good, Doc. Pretty good. Yeah. Where's it rank among Kentucky coaches? You got Rupp. No. You said before Joe didn't you say Joe B. Halls should be ranked ahead of, of I don't know now. Of Cal? Okay. Because of this Elite Eight appearance, you're now bumping John Cal Perry ahead of Joe B. Hall. Not because of that. I'm just thinking about the future as well. I mean, he signed a lifetime contract earlier this week. Uh I don't this time next year is are we gonna say Coach Cal has made it to another Elite Eight? Probably. Uh, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I won't poke holes in that. I'm trying to get you guys riled up. But yeah, Cal will probably have this team right in the thick of it this time next year, right? Yeah. But barring any type of explosive FBI Nike uh type investigation or, or paying players type thing. Barring that. Right. But fans don't want just Elite Eights. They don't hang banners for Elite Eights. Final fours, one more game. Is so big. Uh, going winning that elite eight game gets you a banner. Uh, you know, there's a lot more respect if you make it to the final four. He's not going to be on the hot seat if he don't make a final four next year. But I could tell you this: there's a lot of fans that will be loud and complaining if he doesn't make it past the elite eight next year. You got to think. I mean, he won national championship in 2012. We're only Seven years away uh, from the last championship, um, but yeah, he he needs to get another Final Four with the amount of stud players that uh, Calipari gets. He needs to do better. Uh, you know, I, I he's not on the hot seat though. Come okay. on, let's get real. This guy's one of the best in the business. Um, to the tune of that, Kentucky is a Nike school. Yep. And that is relevant. Right, Chris? Yes, because... Be- <laughs> because Duke is also a Nike school. And behind the scenes, it's basically conventional wisdom in 2019 that behind the scenes, they do, in fact, play pay players. Yes. Right? Michael... Everybody, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And so Duke has really separated themselves right now from, I think they're separating themselves from Nike, and they're saying, oh my God, we just found out Nike. Can you believe it? What tomfoolery. <laughs> Nike, who they are at Nike school, is just paid Zion Williamson. Right. Oh my God, oh my God, we better investigate this. What are your thoughts on the Duke investigation? They've announced today they are investigating Nike. Nah, illegal. Come on. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. Yes, I would say so. I mean, but <laughs> they know what's now, going now, on. Now, to their credit, maybe legally it's a good move. You know, when you get involved with lawyers, they're like, it's going to look weird, but this is what we should do. So they're taking legal advice. They're trying to differentiate themselves from the Zion Williamson debacle. Right. Although I would say it was successful. Nobody, I would say he's still, uh, you know, we have, we have uh, Texas Tech and Virginia tomorrow in the national championship game. But still, Zion Williamson's the biggest star this year in college basketball, right? Yes. So why are they investigating Nike? Well, because um, the dirty lawyer that tried to take down Donald Trump is okay. the same lawyer. I, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, I've been told I look like that guy. What's his name? Yeah, Avanti? Michael Avenatti. You think I look like him? A little bit. You, you've More got, a little, got bit. a little bit of the sleaze that he carries around. More, little, than, more than a little bit. More than a little bit. Okay. I think so. I was literally stopped in public by some older lady one time. She's like, you look like Stormy Daniels' attorney. <laughs> like, okay, Stormy Daniels, a porn star? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. I can go with that. Okay. <laughs> Not the worst thing to be known for. Yeah, I'll go with it. Not <laughs> a bad looking guy. I, you know, I, I never thought anything good would come out of that Michael Avenatti. And it looks like he may uncovered some dirt. But Kentucky's he, a Nike school too, so let's... Let's I bite would, our tongue there. I, you know what? I don't care if Kentucky's dirty. They need to be exposed as well. I mean. Do they? Do you honestly think Kentucky's dirty? I don't think they are because. You don't. You, look you at, think other schools pay their players, but Kentucky doesn't. Well, here's, here's a good indicator that uh, something Calipari don't play the same game because uh, Calipari recruited – Zion Williamson, Bobo, uh, this um, DeAndre Ayton, all the guys that are listed in this FBI wiretaps, Kentucky recruited them and didn't land any one of them, and it, fi- it comes out that they accepted money. Well, come on, Kentucky can afford to hand out the most money. They're the biggest dog on the block, right, when it comes to revenue. So you would think Kentucky can outbid somebody for these players okay. if they keep losing. So uh, I think this FBI thing is actually going to help Kentucky in the long run. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We would love to hear from you. We're going to head to the buzz line now. we got our man Brian the Insider. How are you this morning, Brian? Good morning, gentlemen. I like the topic. Uh, good talking to you. I, I would correct Chris on one thing. Louisville's second in revenue. Louisville's number one in revenue. That's it has right. been for... I think 10 or 12 straight years, so uh, they can pay more. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, I feel real bad about Duke, those poor guys, Coach K, and I'd really feel bad for Roy Williams, I mean, because he's already on record as saying that college, but he's never been aware of any kind of payments going to anyone. But my thought is is, is that, 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 you know, what they've done is they've got the, 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 the shoe companies paying them, and – I'm not sure that, you know, but I think I think all the top schools have, not directly by the schools, but all the top schools have had their shoe companies paying players 
for 20 years, maybe a lot longer. That's my personal take on it. And it's, uh, but you know, I would like to see something come out about players. I'll, I'll take, uh, what was it, LSU. When, when you find out your players have been paid, you should not play them anymore. You know, Louisville uh, got blasted, and, you know, and, and if they had paid Brian Bowen, that's fine. They should have. But at least they didn't pl- play him in games. Zion Williams was just named the player of the year. And if they can prove he was paid, they ought to drop the bomb on Duke. And, uh, you know, this, this uh, high and mighty deal. Uh, but, hey, guys, that's not why I called in. I want to talk Derby. We had three big prep, biggest prep day of the, of the year. You know, because we're only, uh, what, very short period of time away, uh, four weeks from the Derby. And uh, we had big day at Keeneland yesterday. This was opening weekend. Let me show you a tale of two styles. This is opening weekend at Keeneland last week, uh, this past weekend. Opened the day. It opened Thursday. And then yesterday was their big day, the Bluegrass Stakes. And uh, record crowd, all-time record crowd. And I watched the Santa Anita Derby. Man, they're struggling over there. Very light crowd. I don't know what's going to happen to that. But I'll be first to go on record as saying the Breeders' Cup is going to be run at Churchill Downs this year. They'll be pulling that from Santa Anita. The, the political pressure to close horse racing is too heavy in Santa Anita right now with California, uh, and there's a lot of changes. But let's go to the bluegrass. horse by the name of Vacoma won the bluegrass. And, guys, you may know uh, George Weaver, uh, Atherton High School graduate, won, that, won the race. So George Weaver will be in the Derby, local guy. You know, we got, we got some pretty good local trainers there. Brad Cox is from Louisville. Of course, Dale Romans, Big Dale. And now George Weaver, ex-assistant for Todd Pletcher. Congratulations to him. One of He's got a real live horse, Vacoma. Santa Anita, same old, same old, guys. Baffert Exacta. They got six horses. They ran 14 at, at, at the Bluegrass yesterday at Keeneland. They put six of them together. That's all they could muster at Santa Anita. And the one-two finishers were Bob Baffert. Imagine that. Uh, but it wasn't his champion two-year-old game winner. He finished second for the second straight time. And most people have him on top of their derby list. But uh, a horse a named Roadster. Roadster. So you got Roadster, Vacoma, and then uh, in the uh, at Aqueduct, at the Wood Memorial, Tac- Tacitus. Uh, Bill Mott trained, and this horse you've got to pay a lot of respect to uh, because he's already won the Tampa Derby earlier this year, so that's two major preps. Tacitus is one for Bill Mott. Bill Mott has never won a Derby. I think he's one of the greatest trainers of all time. I'd love to see him get his Derby win. Um, at Japan, Churchill's been trying to get into the very exclusive and tight Japanese horse racing money. People don't realize it, but there's more money bet in Japan than anywhere on horse racing. They just don't let, they don't commingle the funds with U.S. funds. So Churchill years ago put a, uh, a special race to try to get Churchill into that Japanese wagering market. And yesterday, a, a horse, and not, not the best one, I think he finished fourth in the, in the Derby prep, but uh, Master Fencer has announced that he's going to be coming over for Japan. So that's good for Churchill. They'll maybe get into that. So, guys, it's really taking shape. Just one week, this next week, we've got the Arkansas Derby, which is a 100-point race. And then we've got a much smaller race for those still needing points. is going to be run next weekend at Keeneland, the Lexington Stakes. But 
guys, it's about over. The Derby field's about set, and it's never been harder to get into the Derby. It's looking like at least 30 points, maybe 40 points is going to take it to get into the Derby. So with all the struggles going out in, in Santa Anita, in California, horse racing couldn't be stronger in, in Kentucky and a lot of states. Florida's doing good, Arkansas, Oakland Park. Louisiana down, so there's a lot going on, but man, I, man oh man, I, I, the pressures out in California are really heavy. Jocks are going to run this week without whips, first time that's happened. They're trying to determine if that's causing the breakdown. The jockeys are very against it, but they're going to run without whips, and uh, man, I tell you what, they're, uh, they're really putting a lot of pressure on closing Santa Anita, and guys, this is the pre- one of the premier tracks in the, in the country. And it's mind-boggling to me, you know, it's hosted more Breeders' Cups than even Churchill Downs, and now they're talking about closing it. So, I mean, it's a tough political environment out there. They did have 23 horses that died. Everyone that I've talked to seems to think it was the unbelievable amount of rain they had out in California, but people don't care about that. They are going to get, I think for sure, Santa Anita's going to get closed, uh, which is just mind-boggling. If you've ever been there, I've been there three or four times it's a great place and uh, it's it's very fun but it's it's history in my opinion so that's all i got guys i thought i i still think texas tech's going to win i've been most impressed with them throughout the tournament uh their coach has done a fantastic job uh they they just uh, play well i'm tickled to death that foul mouth tom izu is gone Crybaby tom bully tom bye bye tom uh, I'd like to see him get pitched out of the uh, the coaching circles. I think he's bad for business. And, you know, these coaches that can't, uh, you know, can't coach without dropping F-bombs on their players and making personal attacks on the players and their family, which Izu's famous for. Mick uh, Cronin over in Cincinnati is another one. You know, I, I think it's ridiculous that they can't coach. And that's why I think Bennett, I thought both guys last night did a nice job. Uh, and uh, so – I'm tickled that Izu's gone, and I'm pulling for Texas Tech. Uh, I think Virginia, Bill Bennett's a good, or Coach Bennett's good, but uh, uh, enjoyed watching the tournament, guys. That's all I've got. Thanks so much for having me on. I'll hang up and listen. Great, great stuff, as always, from our man Brian the Insider. You know what I picked up on? A couple things. There are almost some political undertones. Brian likes to give people nicknames kind of like Trump does. <laughs> you hear that? How many nicknames did he good. just give Tom Izzo? Go Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, crybaby Izzo. He said, "You know, nothing's Izzo's Izzo. never been called before." <laughs> yeah, Izzo almost seemed to be immune from that type of criticism. To be honest, for a while, from my perspective, Brian apparently isn't a big fan of his. But I'll, am I right, Chris? For a long time, everybody was like, "I really like Izzo." Everybody yeah. liked Izzo, but then that doctor, the Olympic doctor, was sexually abusing all those girls and was involved with Michigan State, and it seems like over the past year, the ta- the narrative for Michigan State has really changed. Am, am I accurate with that, Chris, or I am I missing something? No, that's right. Uh, when that came out uh, about that doctor and, uh, you know, the school was coming down hard on – a lot of people got fired. Anyway, it looked like he was going to lose his job. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were people on ESPN saying he's not going to survive this. Well, I mean, you're talking, what, seven, eight months later? I don't know how long it's been. Uh, and he makes it to the Final Four, and everybody acts like that didn't happen. Yeah, same with uh, Sean Miller, right? Yeah. A lot of these coaches are immune to 
whatever. <clears throat> NCAA and the concept of amateurism is an absolute farce. Yes. And it looks like if you want to skate that, all you have to do is just act like you, you're just you know, oblivious to what they're talking about. Right. Rick Patino tried that for a while, and it worked for a while. I think the underage prostitution ended up nailing them. Oh yeah, yeah. That's kind of the <laughs> sensationalism that everybody on that one. Yeah, yeah that kind of <laughs> that kind of killed it. You can't just now. I don't real. I honestly don't think Rick knew about that. I don't think that he was privy to those horrible details with Katina Powell. You think so, Doc? Think he knew about? I think he Katina knew Powell about and her some parties, but I don't. I don't think he knew about underage. No, no, yeah, exactly. Now he was willfully oblivious. Probably he was like, no, I don't need to know about. It. I'm not saying he's a saint. Right. I'm saying he didn't know that Katina trashy Katina Powell was getting her daughters involved with the the players like that. That's so insane. Yeah, yeah, which is wild, and we don't need to harp on that too much. Uh, Brian touched on a few different things. Sounds like California is struggling. Um. The banning of Lasix at a lot of the tracks, so a, a medication that they do give to horses, um, that is believed by a lot of organizations possibly is contributing to the death of a lot of horses. Um, and then Brian said they're banning whips. Uh, California, which is a big player in the world of horse racing, is really not doing very well. Yeah, um, you're talking about... A liberal state. I knew that's where you were headed, Chris. <laughs> that, it, it doesn't seem that, that super liberal states are. You know, MMA. It, it, there, we can draw a parallel here. We don't have to always do this, but MMA horse racing. If you look at an organization like PETA, yes, or any far real liberal organization, they're not going to be a big fan of the barbaric nature of horse uh, of MMA, right? Right. Probably also horse racing, right? Really, anything fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got that right. Um, but Brian did touch on a few different things. It's less than a month from the Kentucky Derby. That's right. So we are a weekly show. We kind of do a recap. We talk all things in the world of sports, basketball, baseball, football, uh, boxing, MMA. But just a little conversation. If we could revisit, what's everybody's plans for the Derby? Did, AJ, I'll ask you, are, are you a big uh, Derby party guy? I'm not a huge derby party guy, but my wife absolutely is. Okay. So, well, like, then that means you kind of are. Yeah, so I have to be. Right? <laughs> you got to do it, you know, happy wife, happy life. So, yeah, we're probably going to do derby this year because she wants to. She's. I don't think we've done derby yet. We've done all the other ones. You know, okay. Whatever. And I've actually never been to the infield, so I'm, you know, eventually <laughs> i got to make it to the infield. I, I grew up like around here. Insane. And, yeah, so yeah. me going to the infield, I think first when I was 15 and – Drinking alcohol and then passing, basically getting sun poisoning and alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the nature. Did you ever do that, Chris? No, I've never been to the derby. Were you mudsliding too? Did you do that? Yeah, I did all that. Yeah, when I was 15. I'm 35 Man. now, so 20 years ago. Doc? I think the first year we moved here when I was around 12, the first. You went pretty hard when you were 12. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we went to, uh, it wasn't the derby, it was some race a few weeks. Perhaps after the Derby. Went oh, okay. to the infield, though. They were doing the Pepsi Challenge. So you've never been to the Derby? I've been to the Derby a few okay. times. I've also been to the infield, just never at the same time. I always remember when I go to the infield, I see like guys from New York. It's their first time down for the Derby. And they're like, yeah, we came here for a big party. And they're chugging beers. And then people are running across the out uh, the porta pots. Yeah. The top. And, um, <laughs> you know, women are taking their shirts off. And it's just absolute debauchery. Yeah. <laughs> which is, I mean, 
there's worse things for a city to be known for, but that's kind right. of the identity of what the Derby is. It's right. not real yeah. as many – like Brian the Insider is a horse owner and a horse enthusiast. That's not everybody who's in the, the infield. It's a right. little bit of a different crowd. It's people who came oh, from yeah. many miles away to party. Yeah. So you get the super elite on one side, and then you got everybody <laughs> acting like maniacs on the other side of the track in infield. Yeah. You got guys like Wes Welker, wide receiver for the Patriots. I mentioned it last week, but remember, he comes in town. He was going around bragging that he was on ecstasy, you know. <laughs> um, he was throwing money at people, you know. It's a big party thing. The Queen has been here, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. Uh, everybody comes in town. Tom Brady, Giselle, everybody comes in town for the Kentucky Derby. A lot of people do some crazy partying. I'm not going to go to the Derby this year. But as far as promoting the local economy and things like that, it's it's certainly worthy of discussion on a local sports radio show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a staple, though. You it, know what I mean? So it's just a staple. You got, we, got, we got Muhammad Ali in Kentucky Derby, right? Yep. Who am I leaving off? Pee Wee Reese? There's others. There's other uh, famous, you know, athletes from Louisville. Yeah. Uh, but I would say those are the two big, you use the term staples. I'll say those right. are the two yeah. big staples. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. We encourage you to give us a call on the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line, which is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. AJ, Chris, Doc, and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, the Big X. I'm Kelly Patrick. We got Doc Parks with the production over there. We got, of course, Chris Embry. And we have in studio with us today, A.J. Jenkins, owner and head instructor for Louisville Combat Academy. Uh, We appreciate you joining us today, A.J. I appreciate being here, man. It's always a good time. Always a good time with you guys, man. We love it. We got a segment here. We're going to jump into some details Related to really Louisville Combat Academy in the MMA and Jiu-Jitsu world. Yes, absolutely, man. I want to encourage our listeners, if anyone has something they want to chime in on, questions for AJ or anything like that, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We would love to hear from you. AJ, we got a few different things we're going to talk about today. Uh, Saturday, April 27th, at the Dayton Convention Center, for the second time ever, HRMMA will venture out of the state of Kentucky and up into Ohio for an MMA show there. So we, we, we've got to... Super uh, excited. Yeah, that. I'll be up there. I'm really excited about the show just a couple weeks from now. You'll be up there cornering a couple fighters. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, Jacob Pierce will be fighting. Jacob Pierce, is a, he's a young guy. He is a gun, man. This dude is fantastic. His, his stand-up is really, really good. Solid stand-up. Um, he's got some really good takedown defense, good submissions. I mean, this kid is – he's young, he's hungry. What weight and, class is that? Uh, he is at 145. Okay. He's a 145-er. And, um, and he's fighting have, against Sam Connors. Yeah, Sam Connors, which I believe is an 0-0 guy or a 1-0 guy. It may be 1-0. But this is, this, is, uh, this is Jacob's first fight, so 
I'm super excited, man. We spent a lot of time with this kid, man, and he's, he has a great work ethic. You know what I mean? He's an ex-military, um, went to um, uh, went overseas and was in Afghanistan. I mean, this kid is uh, mentally as tough as it gets. Now, when I hear about these epic nights of sparring at Louisville Combat ah, Academy, we yeah. have Dusty Stengel and Isaiah Ferguson and people matching up with each other. Um, is Jacob Pierce one of the guys who is there? He's one of the guys. I see these yeah. pictures, and I'm like, damn, man. Yeah, he's There's the like 15, 20 guys, and I'm like, thank God I wasn't in there trying to spar anybody. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, dude, they're killers, man. They're killers, man. The, the program that the Fergusons have developed, well, I'll say me and the Fergusons, but it's really it's really more them than it is me and them, you know, because I'm, I'm, I take a back seat on that because that's their expertise. They've is what? The, what is their expertise? The MMA. You know, or as far as uh, the MMA training, because, I mean, they've been to the big show. They've been to UFC. You know, they've trained with Greg Jackson and Winkle John and Tito Ortiz and, you know, name it. They've, they've been there and trained with these people in these camps. So they got all the good stuff, you know, all the good training techniques, all the, you know, the most efficient way to do this and do that. You know what I mean? Uh, Josh Taz Ferguson is one of the most amazing MMA coaches that I've been able to, you know, been able to train under. So it's, it's and they just know how to develop a fighter. You know what I mean? And I'm just super happy. You said it in the past here on the Big X Sports Radio Airwaves. I'll ask you, what is the identity of Louisville Combat Academy? If you were to differentiate yourself from others, you guys spar hard, we you train real hard. What's rough, the identity? We're a rough and tumble. <laughs> that's what I was getting at. We're a rough and tumble, man. That's that's how we do it. Um, if, you, if you're going to go in there and spar, nobody's going to be mean to you. No, it's not like that because the mentality's not that way. You know what I mean? It's not about being mean or ugly or... You know, or, or or just being a butthole to somebody. It's really about how how much better can I get this session? And it's every session's that way. I just want to get just a little bit, just a little bit better this time. You know what I mean? So you know, in order to do that, in order to prepare for a fight, you got to do a bunch of MMA rounds, and you can't do them at fifty percent because you know fights aren't at fifty percent. You know what I mean? And it's just rough. Now, it's rough in there. When I hear about these sparring sessions, you guys wearing four ounce gloves? Uh, we do sometimes. We sometimes we wear uh, shin guard or shin guards and uh, and boxing gloves. Just depends on what they decide. You know, uh, rolling and doing submissions and doing it with boxing gloves is extremely difficult. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I think it's a necessary evil because if you can do it with boxing gloves on, man, you can do it with MMA gloves on pretty easily. So. It's a game changer. Um, we do every ten weeks. We do a week of Glove work at, right. at Gracie Jiu Jitsu, mm-hmm. Kentucky. It's a very yeah. different level than what you're describing. Right. Because ours is every week or okay. every other day, really. Yeah. yeah. So w- with us, it's just a little bit of punches. You're not really supposed to punch each other hard at all. Mm. Uh, so it's a little bit of a difference. But I will say this people submit me that normally don't submit me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And vice versa. I've gotten people that I normally don't get because of these gloves. You got to get familiar with having the gloves on your hand. It's a game changer. Yeah. And, and also, too, the guy that's, you know, doing the punching. He's if you get a guy that's really proficient at peppering somebody from a from a like a, a top of the guard position or side control or mount or whatever, it just adds the most intense element to that game. You know what I mean? The sense of urgency is so much greater than it is if you're just trying to submit. Not that that's bad or or a lower level, you yeah. know, it, but it's just different level. Sure. You know what I mean? It's just a, or a different thing. You know what I mean? It's just not it's not the same thing. Changes you know, like, your pulling like, guard yeah, approach. Right. If you're tra- even if you're talking self-defense purposes, it's the same it's it's totally different, you know, cuz sport jiu-jitsu and self-defense jiu-jitsu in my opinion and MMA jiu-jitsu are just very different things. You know what I mean? So, when you start adding punches in, man, 
you know everything just goes everything goes a little little kilter like you it, it, somebody said this a long time ago couple punches you go from a you know a black belt to a brown belt you know and i and when i first heard that i was like oh, okay uh, sounds whatever. cool you're yeah, thinking no that awesome. sounds cool yeah but there's some real real <laughs> truth to that a lot of truth to that man because i've seen some guys in there like we have a guy brandon bishop at our gym he's a pro fighter and he is excellent at ground and pound okay that's his thing he should probably every fight should be on the ground if I, in my opinion with this guy because he's excellent at keeping your mind busy with punches while he's trying to submit you. That's his niche. You know what I'm saying? And he's just, he's really good at that. And when you got guys like that in your gym, then you got Ferguson's, they're the same way, you know, they know where and when to punch and how many times to punch to get them, get you to do and manipulate you to do what they want you to do instead of what you want to do. You know what I mean? It just changes the whole game up. hundred percent. I would say when the, the Gracie's and the Fadas or whoever really created jujitsu, um, came up with what jujitsu is. It was more along the lines of what you're describing, yeah, right? Right. So, right. so it, in all actuality, it may not be as you know for the average businessman who's 50 years old and wants to casually dabble in jujitsu. It makes sense to not use not for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not for that guy. 100 <laughs> percent not. Yeah, yeah. If you got to go show up for work on Monday and you don't want to look like Fight Club, then that's probably not the best class to take. Yeah, but, I mean, so there's some, obviously, it's very fun to do it with no strikes. Yes. Very fun. Absolutely. But, uh, at its core, I would say what you're describing is really consistent with what, you know, Elio and Carlos Gracie yeah, really thought yeah, it should the be. Original, the original idea, right? So now there's a thing called combat jiu-jitsu, right? That your Eddie, man, Eddie, yeah, Eddie Bravo. this is a nice bridge. We'll yeah. bridge into yeah. Eddie Bravo, but your man, yeah. Eddie Bravo, came up yeah. with the concept of combat jiu-jitsu. Yeah, Eddie's a genius, bro. I'm just going to tell you right now, Eddie's an absolute and total genius. He's a marketing genius, and even the Gracies and him don't really have the best relationship. Well, he hangs out with Kron a lot. Yeah, he does, he? but there's a there's a stigma there because he beat Hoyler and yeah. the whole thing, and him and... Him and um, um, he came up under Jean Jacques, who is a, uh, a, cousin, a cousin of the, yeah. of the oh, Gracies. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but they just I don't know, man. There's some you know, there's always or I don't know about today, but no, for, there's there's some time, there's been some friction there. But know? still, but at its now, core, jujitsu is jujitsu, no matter who oh, does man. it, and it's uh, there's yeah. a lot of variables to yeah. it. But now it's kind of like it's different now because Eddie Bravo and you know he introduced this open palm strikes to jujitsu for combat jujitsu, which First of all, change the whole game up. Now, combat jiu-jitsu is kind of getting big. It's not just through Eddie Bravo. Like, everybody's doing it now. You know what I mean? Kind of like the EBI rules. You know what I mean? Like the 10 minutes, and then you got, you know, your um, your um, the rounds where you're timed around to get out of an escape and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Or dead zones or whatever. And, uh, man, it just changes everything up. So, even now, now the sport's going towards that, too. And the Gracies were were sending him messages back and forth. A lot of Gracies, even Hickson himself, you know, was like, "Dude, this is where, this is where we wanted it to be." Yeah. From the get go. Oh, you know okay. Yeah, yeah. This is where it was all supposed to, you know, do. But it's, you know, along the way, more mixed martial arts stuff got put in there. Whatever he said, but really, this is like the street fight kind of stuff. This is exactly what we wanted, you know, in the beginning. And uh, they love him now. You know, through Scott Smith, we come up through the Pedro Sauer and Hicks and Gracie lineage. Right. And they've always, that's always been a talking point is, you know, be aware, at least be aware. Rich Van Hook, I trained with, just got his black belt. He's always, if I'm doing something when we're rolling and he's like, I could be punching you right now, 
Yeah. You need to at least be aware of that. Try not to get into habits like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, every time we roll, we're always constantly reminding our partners if we're if they're in like a negative position, which for me and for our camp, being on your back is a negative position. Okay. Okay. Or being or having somebody having your back is a negative position. We're always like, you know, showing these guys, you know, hey man, I'm putting my hands in his face. Even you in know, your just Brazilian like Jiu-Jitsu class, you're just yeah, absolutely. allowing people absolutely. to be aware. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the practical crazy. application of jujitsu is a a big allure to it, even for the fifty five year old businessman I described earlier. Absolutely. Because in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm getting a good workout, but it is kind of cool. I could kick somebody's ass if I right. had to. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it gives you a lot of good confidence there. Chris, you're familiar with Eddie Bravo. Uh, AJ, you're going to see Eddie Bravo this upcoming weekend. Chris, what's your yes. in your mind? You're not a jujitsu enthusiast. That's not your thing, right? Who is Eddie Bravo? <laughs> Eddie Bravo is a very energetic uh, podcaster that uh, has a broad um, scope of things that he likes to talk about. He's he likes to talk about conspiracy things and uh, all, all kinds of stuff. He, he's or... really he's really in, entertaining to listen to. Yeah, uh, it, it, he's almost. Um... Now, I know I'm probably, my perspective's different than the average person listening. I know that because I probably watch Joe Rogan and things like that more than every, you know, more than the average person. But I do think for a certain contingency of people out there right now, politically almost, because Eddie Bravo's not like really anti-Trump. No, no, not at all. I don't think so. I don't okay, think so, 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 so whereas in the past, I would think some, some of the fringe people would almost be considered maybe on the other side politically. It's almost changed recently. So Eddie Bravo is representative, I think, of a certain almost percentage of people out there right now. Yeah, They're I just kind of skeptical of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't buy into the rhetoric that's on most of the media with, uh, you know, anti the current administration, things like that. Right. So Eddie Bravo is not just in the world of jiu-jitsu, but has really kind of transcended that into some different yeah. layers uh, across the, the national uh, focus. Right. And, and another thing about A2, man, is like his personality is the same whether it's in person or on the show. Okay. I, I've, I've heard dude. that. I've heard He's that. exactly the same dude no matter where he's at or what he's doing. So whatever he says on the show, man, that's kind of how he feels. I do think, I do think that really with this whole flat earth thing that he kind of like – I think he's just kind of feeding the fire on that one. You don't I, think I he think actually thinks the earth is flat? He's too intelligent of a guy to actually believe in a flat earth. You know okay. what I'm saying? I think he just kind of like feeds the fire on that. Regardless, though. opinion. Regardless, if someone yeah. does think that, doesn't mean that they're stupid. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, if, so, he, if he feels that way, he's definitely not an unintelligent person. Yeah, so it, people you know. are entitled. And it goes, uh, our country right now has some issues, in my opinion, with if if. If you and I drilled in, really drilled into what we believe, we would find many differences in what we believe, and that's okay. Yeah, you know, that's there right. may be that's little what subtle makes America stuff. America, great man, you know what I mean? Exactly. You know? Yeah, it's a melting pot. It doesn't have to, the the reason why we have two party or three party systems is because people have a difference of opinion. You know what I mean? And that's okay. That's that's America. It's okay, I mean? and I like that. Yeah. I like living in a country where I can be free to worship my God or worship, you know, or or whatever. Or I can be free to have an opinion on guns and, you know, or, or whatever, man, you know. Yeah, Eddie, he don't care what anybody thinks about his opinion. No. Uh, and that's what I really like about him. He will make a stance and uh, he truly believes it. He will. He don't care what anybody else thinks, you know. I mean, he's not there to impress somebody with what he his opinions are. 
Uh, if you can believe whatever you want, but he's he'll tell you exactly what he thinks. AJ, what are you going to do with him this weekend? Next weekend, uh, he's had a seminar in Decatur, Alabama, um, at another guy's camp who is like fantastic, Brandon McGatherin, a good friend of mine too. And um, and Eddie, you know, and every time Eddie teaches, man, you get like. Ten different things. That's the difference between like a really good instructor doing a seminar and maybe an okay instructor doing a seminar. Because an okay instructor doing a seminar, I went to. A, I'm gonna go name a name, but it was horror, worst seminar ever. My first seminar, I went and the guy just really didn't teach anything. It was like didn't teach anything. Not not that was good or I mean okay. taught. But you didn't get a lot basics, of it. You know, like basic stuff or whatever. I know you don't want to name a name, but was it a Gracie? No. Absolutely not. Doc, I love how you're on top of trying to stir no, stuff up. Not. Good production there. Good job. I like where your head's at. No, actually, it wasn't, it wasn't a Gracie at all. It was, uh, it was somebody else. And uh, but and I, I actually even asked the dude to give my money back because it was just such a bad seminar. <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but with and this is predominant with a lot of 10 Planet seminars that I've been to. You know, uh, I haven't been to any Gracie, specific Gracie seminars, so I don't know anything about that because I'm not a Gracie guy. But um, But I will get so much out of the information that he pervades me because he's a, he's a teacher. He's a really good teacher. And, you know, he likes to teach, you know, he doesn't teach sober. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know I mean? He likes to be a little, you know, he likes he to He uses marijuana a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he lives in California where it's legal. It's a, it's a deal. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing. It's a lifestyle out there. You know what I mean? Like a lot of those guys out in California, it's just a, that's just how they are. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't necessarily do that myself. You know, I would think I would be just dumb. If I ever did that, you know what I mean? But, you know, he, he actually is good at it. He said, I think that I would be doing my students a disservice mm-hmm. if I didn't teach that way. And it, it must be working because he's got over 100 schools worldwide now. Sure. And he's, he's extremely successful in that department. And he's just a really good teacher, just an excellent teacher, man. And I, anybody that hasn't been doing Eddie Bravo um, um, seminar, I highly suggest that you do that. One of these days I'll make it to an Eddie Bravo yeah. seminar with you. Yeah, yeah, we'll go. Absolutely, man. And I introduced you. He's a really super nice guy. And he's not like Mr. Celebrity kind of stuffy guy. Nothing like that at all. Okay. Right? I mean, I've had conversations with him hours long. You know what I mean? And it's been awesome. You know? And I'm like, dang, this guy's just like just a regular cool dude. You know? He just happens to believe in flat earth, which I think is ridiculous but you know <laughs> now hey, we just got opinion just got a couple minutes left this morning with our man aj jenkins of louisville combat academy um april saturday april 27th up in dayton at the dayton convention center you not only have jacob pierce you also have josh stinnett josh stinnett yes man josh stinnett's a really good wrestler man and uh he's kind of a juggernaut bro i mean he just he just goes out there and he's he goes a thousand miles an hour you know from the get-go there's very little lag time between the time that they hit fist bump and they're ready to go, you know, because they want you to fist bump, take a step back, and then go. That's kind of how they want you to do it. They don't want anybody, like, just rushing across, unless you've said beforehand no, no, you know, no, you know, fist bump or whatever. You know you're going you're, you're gonna to have me focused on the uh, fist bump now for his fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he'll, he'll do it. He'll oh, do okay, it, but, yeah. But, but, but he'll but, step back and then. And then he goes. You're yeah, saying there's, there's no in-between. Yeah, there's yeah. no in-between for Stan. Yeah. Yeah, there's no in between, man. It's like zero to sixty, you know. And he's he's good. Dude, he, I tell you what, the last fight he had, he took the dude down. The fight only lasted thirty seconds. He took the dude down, and he drove so hard with his shot that he literally had like cage marks in his forehead where his head hit the cage because he just drove right through the guy. 
I mean, the dude had no chance whatsoever of standing or standing up anyway, because he was just never going to be, you know, on his legs. You know what I mean? It was crazy. And then he got done with the fight, and I was like, dude, you got like cage on your face, dude. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Because he's got like these red marks of a cage on his face. It's awesome. Once again, AJ Jenkins of Louisville Combat Academy, located at one zero one zero five Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky four zero two seven two. AJ, we not only appreciate you for coming in this morning, but we do appreciate your support. You're the sponsor of the, of the, the Weekend Sports Buzz, so thank you very much. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to do that and come and hang out with you cool-ass dudes. <laughs> we appreciate awesome. it, too. We're going to head to a break. We encourage everyone to stay tuned. We will be back with plenty of college basketball talk. We'll have Blue call in, I'm sure. We want to talk about Calipari and, and, oh, yeah, also the actual national championship game tomorrow between Texas Tech and Virginia. At 9.20 p.m. AJ, thank you so much. Everybody stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. WXVW, the Big X. We want to thank AJ Jenkins for coming in. He's the owner and the head instructor at Louisville Combat Academy, talking, you know, some MMA and previewing HR MMA uh, coming up on April 27th at the Dayton Convention Center. The bread and butter for college in this college sports town would be college basketball, regardless of the time of the year, okay? Tomorrow is the national championship, Chris. Yes. What emotionally is going on for a Kentucky guy, a guy who supports the Bleeds Blue, today, the day prior to Texas Tech and Virginia at 9.20 p.m. tomorrow on CBS? Um, Do you care? Are you going to even watch it? I'm going to be pulling for Texas Tech. Okay. Um, They've never been to a Final Four, let alone obviously go to a national championship game. Uh, Virginia... Uh, either one, I mean, it don't matter who wins. There's going to be a uh, first-time champion between the two. So uh, I'm I'm kind of geared into uh, recruiting right now. Okay. You know, there's just – I appreciate the honesty. That's why I'm asking. Um, I'll, I'll watch some of it, but um, it's not the same. Once, you, once your team gets eliminated, it kind of uh, – your excitement level goes obviously way down. Okay. Your interest level. Chris Embry, you gave me an honest answer. I appreciate that. Yeah. You always do. So I'm not saying that's different than other times. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We got our man Marcus is on the line with us. Marcus, what do you have for us this morning? Well, of course, Chris is more interested in recruiting right now. UK <laughs> wins the recruiting stuff. You got that right, man. Or at least, you know, at least most of it. But what what can I say? They got knocked out. Uh, got two new teams in there that we've never seen in the championship game. Uh, it should be uh, interesting to see who can uh, pull this one out. Well, it won't be interesting to me. <laughs> I won't watch one second of it. No interest in Virginia, uh, led by Tony Bennett, Marcus, who, if you're a purist, and you make a case for college basketball to be played in a more pure form, I would say Virginia does a pretty good job of carrying that flag, right? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> if I wanted to watch basketball from 1948. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maybe they should play the girls team. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's what the girls always say. That's their excuse for sucking so bad. <laughs> oh, we play a pure form of basketball. Yeah. That's why your 11-time national champion regularly gets their girly asses kicked in pickup basketball by high school kids. But, okay, whatever. Well, Marcus, uh, so you're saying you're not watching the national championship game tomorrow. I know you're a baseball fan. I personally, you know, am a, a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan. And I've got great news. They won their first game. The bad news is they then proceeded to drop seven in a row. So they're uh, one and seven. The Reds aren't doing very great. But, Marcus, in the world of baseball, what is the story right now? First of all, I'd like to report a federal crime of kidnapping and put out an alert uh, to anyone who happens to see the Boston Red Sox. Uh, clearly, they were lifted uh, at some point and taken away, and a bunch of clown imposters uh, put their uniforms on and went on this road trip out west. Okay. So so what are the, the Red Sox? What are they struggling with? I'm bringing it up here, but what's their, what's, what's their, their record right now? Well, it's not 0-10. I think it's 0-8. I mean, 2-8. Uh, yeah, it is 2-8. Okay, right, the Impostors managed to win a couple of games. So, 162 games. You know, it's a, a very long season. So, realistically, the Red Sox, on the heels of, of winning the World Series, they will probably turn it around and at least make it to the playoffs. My Cincinnati Reds, on the other hand, I hate to be negative Nancy, 1-7, and, and there's no real reason to believe they're going to turn anything around despite their sexy off-season acquisitions. Well, at least the Reds are trying. You know, there's some teams that just put a crap product out there and expect people to go to a baseball game and drop $250, you know, for four people just to get there, much less, you know, buy a program or a beer or anything else. So I congratulate the Reds for waking up a little bit and trying. And you never know, it may just take some time for the Reds to gel. You're right. 162 games is a very long season, so it could happen. Um, I don't, you know, necessarily, I'm not holding my breath on that. But you're right, Marcus. We'll have to wait and see. Outside of college basketball and Major League Baseball, Marcus, is there anything right now that has you... Intrigued in the world of sports, the NBA playoffs is, is uh, taking off. Yeah, well, we'll see how the we'll see how the Seventy Sixers do. They've been, you know, Tobias Harris has not been playing well, and Joel Embiid has been hurt, and Jimmy Butler's been in and out of a lineup. So I, I'll say this: if their starting five are all healthy, Philadelphia could win the East. Uh, but if they're not. They could lose in the first round to whatever schlub sub-500 team they're playing. Okay. But i, I tell you what really has me uh, – let me tell you the real reason why I got called. I got distracted by the Kentucky fans talking about recruiting when the season's not technically over, as they usually have to do these days. Uh, that guy that you had on, the, the guest last week, Daryl Ray. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, what, a, what an awesome badass that guy is. Yeah, I, I don't understand how he's ever lost two fights. You know, you got those videos of him breaking concrete blocks and boards with his bare hands. I mean, that's incredible. How has he not killed somebody in the ring? This guy should be on like the the, the regular news. He's such a badass. 
<laughs> Marcus, are you being facetious or are you? Uh, do you really feel that way? No, I, I'm being completely honest. I, I've liked several of your martial artist guests, but I mean, well, this guy's got like the dream life going. I mean, he manages a strip club, right? He does. Okay, so he spends his nights hanging around with naked women and spends his days kicking ass and breaking boards. You, you make a solid argument for an all-American badass. Well, I mean, honestly, who, what guy wouldn't like that to be their, I don't know, three-sentence bio? Spends his night with hot, naked chicks, spends his day breaking bones and boards. <laughs> All right, I agree with you, and I do appreciate the, the feedback for the show. You know, we're our, our our title sponsor for the weekend sports buzz is Louisville Combat Academy. Uh, you know, we, we focus on the the MMA game a little bit within the state of Kentucky here on the show. Obviously, I'm real into it, uh, so I never know what the carryover will be from our traditional sports fans who listen. And, Marcus, you fall into that category. And it sounds like out of all the guests we've had on, which is many, you're most impressed with Daryl Ray. Oh, absolutely. Now, I like the guy, Brandon, that was on a couple of months ago because he seemed like a, a smart, sound, reasonable guy, uh, educated, good fighter, etc. But that, that Daryl Ray guy, I mean, I think of all the guests you've had on, if I've got to go down a dark alley in New York City, that's who I want to have in my back right there. Okay. Brandon Bishop is who you were referring to from a few months ago. We'll ha- certainly have to have him back in soon. But Dale Ray gets the nod from caller Marcus here on the Weekend Sports Bus. Marcus, as always, we appreciate your call. Uh, before we let you go, anything else you want to chime in on? Well, I would like to point out that I picked the Dodgers to win the World Series, and it looks like they... At least started off the season good. Okay. So, Marcus, thank you very much. Have a great rest of your weekend. We we look forward to hearing from you next Sunday. Auburn got robbed. <laughs> Auburn got robbed. <laughs> yeah. Marcus loves Bruce Pearl. I I love that he waited. I gave him like three chances to say something about he could he could he could have mentioned the Auburn getting robbed stuff right. because Virginia. Now, they called the foul, which I think it was a foul because he jumped into him with his hips, okay? Right. But if you rewatch it, right before that, the guy dribbled it off his foot. should have been a double dribble. Yeah, that's okay? another good point. So that's why Marcus says Auburn got robbed, and you got to love the style. Marcus comes in with some heat. He says Daryl Ray is who he'd want to protect him in a dark alley, and then he waits until the very end before he's getting hung up on to yell Auburn got robbed. you got to like that, that fire. Yeah, he, he's – Usually comes with it every time he calls. Uh, pretty funny stuff, you know. Uh, What's funny? What, what do you mean's funny? What, well, I mean, funny. He he's got uh, some pretty pretty uh, hot takes, and I, I think it's pretty good. You know, it, he threw a little shade at the women's game again. We always hear. I picked up on that. That's a staple of Marcus's calls. Yeah. So uh, no, but it, it, he likes to somehow take a shot at women, <laughs> right? Yeah. Doc, right? Most weeks? I'm not saying I'm keeping a tally, but my tally back here says he's undefeated versus the women's <laughs> sports team. Marcus owning the women in the in the sports category. Okay. He's Thank going you. uncontested, at least. No one's calling in defending. Yeah, we need some women to call in and defend the women's game or, or you know, women athletes. Because Marcus, Doc, you're right. He is he has been owning uh, that, that competition. So... Doc, you going to watch the national championship game tomorrow? Are you intrigued? 
No and no. Okay. <laughs> you probably be training martial arts. I have checked out. Okay. Texas Tech against Virginia at 9.20 p.m. There's no, I don't see a line out yet. Who should be favored? Uh, Virginia should be favored. They're the uh, number one seed. Uh, but looking at uh, Texas Tech's defense, I mean, they both are defensive, good defensive teams, but uh, I got Texas Tech winning this. Okay. I'm going with Virginia just because I hate everything, everything from Texas. <laughs> the whole state? The whole state throw it away in the trash. What is – Wow. Oh, my goodness. That is a bold no, it's, statement. It's not as bad as California. I have California number one to get rid of. Ohio number two. Oh, my goodness, oh, Doc. Man, I was born in Ohio. Shots fired. I mean, my God. <laughs> Florida number three. Your ass, Texas man. number four. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. So it goes California. Right. Which shouldn't be anyone surprised anybody. Ohio. Oh, yeah. Texas. No, Florida. Then Florida, Texas. then Texas. Okay. A tight race between Politically, Florida you're across Florida and Texas would both be conservative. And so you're, you're bumping, I mean, you're equal opportunity. Ohio would be conservative, Kasich, right? Yep. So three of the four that you're getting rid of are conservative. So that leads me to believe there's no real underlying political motives. California is the only reason, is the only state on the list due to its politics. Uh, okay. And that's only half of the reason. The other half is everyone from California sucks. Doc. <laughs> oh, my God. Doc really coming with the heat today. Doc's American flag only has 46 stars on it. That so. is correct. Okay. <laughs> so not intrigued for the national championship game. I will tune in. Uh, Chris Beard against Tony Bennett. I, I, I like the story. I, I do like the purest aspect of any sport. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I don't like the sensationalism, too, but I can certainly appreciate to have another combat sports reference, a 12-round Floyd Mayweather fight where he doesn't get touched and he wins via unanimous decision. I still appreciate that um, it, to the same tune of if if Tubby Ball would have led to more national championships for a Kentucky fan, to break it down for you Kentucky fans, uh, I think it would have been beautiful to see someone who wins with a specific slow-it-down type style. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, obviously, they want to see dunks and stuff like that. Man, this is just another style. Look, uh, it's prevailed this year. There has to be a sense of legitimacy to everything. So what I mean is if somebody's not specializing in uh, manipulating the rules for MMA, it'd be one thing. For basketball, it's another. Then when when Zion Williamson comes along and breaks his shoe out and is ripping backboards down, uh, that adds to the legitimacy of that, right? Yep. If it was all no defense, let's just run up and down and dunk. It would be the NBA. It would be the NBA. <laughs> now, pretty okay. much, right? I can't mean, really poke a hole in that. Pretty much, <laughs> there is some teams. The the Spurs were not that, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, the most recent dynasty in sports, I guess. Now Golden State's a dynasty because they're going to win it all. Yeah. And their sensationalism, but. The one before that would be the Spurs, right? And Greg Popovich and that team, they kind of specialized in a boring brand. Yeah. In football, Patriots can be boring. Yeah. They're kind of like Virginia. In a way. (laughs) Uh, Bunch of white guys. True. (laughs) You know, but you know this Chris Beard, he he actually came up through the rankings through – I believe high school to uh, NAIA to Division Two. Uh, he's made all these steps, and he has not been a Division One coach very long, and he's already in the 
the biggest game you can be in. Uh, I never pegged this guy as being one of the up-and-comers, but uh, looks like he's made quite a name for himself this year. Oh, making it to the title game regardless. I would say Virginia has to be the favorite, although Brian the Insider earlier did pick Texas Tech to win the game. Yeah, I think they're going to win it also. You do? Yeah. Doc? You hope Texas Tech wins it. No, he he picked Virginia. I'm right? sorry. You you hope Virginia wins it? Correct. Okay. Okay. Because of your hate for Texas. That's right. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. <laughs> Is you know, as long as we're aware of the reason that it's fair. But I would think Virginia being a one seed, you know, they 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 should be the favorite probably. Absolutely. Um Okay. And uh since we're he he brought up that I was talking about uh recruiting, I might as well uh, talk about who Kentucky got a commitment from. Let's hear it. Last week. Now, this guy is not – he's going to be a backup. He, this is not somebody to be uh, – he, he, I don't suspect this guy is going to be a starter. His name's uh, Nate Sestina. Uh, he comes from uh, – let's see, was it Bucknell? Yeah, he comes from Bucknell. Oh, okay, fifth-year transfer guy. Yeah, 6'9", 245. Uh, he can shoot the three. And he's a Kentucky. He'll be playing for Kentucky next year. Yep. Uh, it looks like he's uh, going to be a replacement for uh, uh, Reed Travis. Not going to be the same impact as a Reed Travis. If he's just three point shooter, doesn't sound like he's going to have the inside presence as the physicality of Reed Travis. Who from this Kentucky team is coming back, Chris Embry? Uh, I would say uh, basically. All I see us, uh, you know, losing, Kentucky losing would be, uh, obviously you got Reed Travis. Uh, he was a fifth-year guy. He's gone. You got P.J. Washington will be gone. I look for uh, Keldon Johnson to be gone. And although I'd like to see him come back, I could see uh, Tyler Hero leaving as well. Okay. So, so I could see four, four of these guys leaving. So are you ready to do it? We don't have our man Gary Love in. We'll have him back in soon, at Scouting You on Twitter. Um, but, I mean, who, who's going to be the best player on this Kentucky team, on the Kentucky team next season? Well, they're not done recruiting yet, but uh, of the guys that they have, I would think that um, Tyrese Maxey uh, will be the leading scorer. Uh, it's going to either be him or Khalil Whitney. Um both guys are uh, – one is a combo guard. Um, Tyrese Maxey's a combo guard. And uh, Khalil Whitney is a power forward, small forward. This is what Kentucky basketball is, obviously, now. During the Cal era, if you get knocked out, you don't win at all, you have almost a feeling of – I won't say emptiness, not quite emptiness, but it's like a, I don't even know who to look forward to next. Right, Doc? Yeah. Uh, Do you hate that? I don't know who the best player on this team will be next year. How do you – you're a life – you are from Lexington. You're a lifelong Kentucky fan. Right. We always, Do you like this? Well, I mean, I like – yeah, I mean, I would much rather get to know these guys, but if I had to choose between the two, I, I like how Calipari does it. I mean – If you had to choose between the the, the Tony Bennett – Right, because or the the Calipari route, you would choose Calipari. Yes, um, it gets you seven out of ten elite eights. Right, uh, it gets you uh, 
you're there every year, pretty much every year. And um, I don't mind getting to know new guys. You know, hey, you get a new team every year. Um, I don't really know how he does it with a new team every year. It's just uh, it's pretty amazing to teach a new team. The thing is, that experience that you're lacking is one thing that keeps them, I believe, out of the Final Four. Um, yeah, I mean, it, they had a grad transfer in Reed Travis, but the guy running the show, the point guard, usually is a freshman. Ashton Hagens, right? Yes. and uh, He, he, he kind of didn't have the best ending to his career. That's right. And, yeah, I mean, Shea Gilgis-Alexander was much better uh, than him, but, you know, he was supposed to be a senior in high school this past season. So, not bad. I I could see him coming back and uh, starting again uh, for next year's Kentucky team. And you also have uh, quickly coming back. So, you got a couple point guards already in the shoot for next year. Okay. Is that the main focus for a Kentucky fan right now? Or <laughs> A lot of Kentucky fans are Reds fans also, right? I'd say yep. so. Right? Reds are one and seven. Okay, so it's difficult to get too into that right now. What the traditional Kentucky fan who's listening, Blue, if you're out there, or anybody out there who's a Kentucky fan, right? What are they thinking today? Are they thinking about the conversation we're having there? About ah I wish we were wish we were playing in the championship. Man. Yeah. Final four at least would have been better than just an Elite Eight. Yeah, it don't sting as bad as it did in 2015. That one was pretty tough. Uh, when, when you know, I picked them to win it all. They didn't win it all, obviously. But, uh, you know, um, the randomness of this tournament gives you Virginia versus Texas Tech. I mean, they are not the two best teams in the country, in my opinion. But that's what you get in an elimina- uh, elimination game like we have in the NCAA tournament. So it is interesting. You get uh, the randomness really gives you some madness. Absolutely. If Kentucky were playing tomorrow for the national championship, I think there'd be quite a few more people tuned in wanting to voice their opinions this morning. That's right. Kentucky fans would be pumped. Louisville fans would be throwing shade. You know how it is, right? I mean, yeah. What, what what are the expectations for Louisville next season, in your opinion, Chris? I, I could see them definitely um, going past the first weekend. So taking a step forward. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going to be more of a Chris Mack-type roster. Uh, he's recruited uh, six of these guys that are coming in. Okay. Um, and they still may pick up a grad transfer. Um, but I could see them definitely being much uh, – improved i think the more turmoil that exists let's say with nike schools and things like that i think is better for the sense of um content that louisville fans will have going forward what i mean by that is it's an absolute dumpster fire for louisville athletics over the past couple years but it's turning into where it's an absolute dumpster fire all across college basketball now the cards already had that title vacated in a final four Mm-hmm. So, so Cards fans are not going to really let go of that uh, bad taste in their mouth. That's not going to ever go away, I don't think. However, winning going forward does appear to be a realistic 
path. Yes, uh, but for some reason, the Louisville fans have not regathered to uh, support Chris Mack the way I anticipate. There's still some people that are uh, jilted from all the scandal and everything. So uh, Rick Pitino had a lot more following, even though he had the scandal going on. I don't see that with Chris Mack yet. But uh, next year will be the telling sign of how much his support is um, because he's going to have a much better team, much more attractive team to watch. Rick Pitino almost had that Trump factor. Okay, People hated him, so hated. But polarizing, what that means is polar opposites. There was also a lot of people who really supported him. That's right. And the people who were truly buying in, drinking the Kool-Aid for the Louisville fan base at the time, they were like, oh, this guy's leading us. I'm all in. And you're saying we don't quite see that right now with the Chris Mack support? Right. Uh, You don't have – he hasn't had a lot of mystique around him. You know, Rick Pitino had the uh, fans that would follow him no matter where he went. Uh, but, you know, I don't see uh, I don't see Chris Mack um, uh, slipping up this upcoming year. It, it's shocking they made the actual NCAA tournament with the worst two-guard I've ever seen at Louisville. So he had a very limited team, and I think he done very well for what he had. Uh, he's going to have a much better two-guard next year. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. We would love to hear from you this day before the national championship game. We're going to head to the buzz line now where we have our man Blue. Blue, what do you have for us this morning? Hey, what do you say there, Kelly? Hey, hey, man, I'm, I'm not disappointed at all. Hey, hey tell my, my man Chris. I'm not the one that, when I tell you something all year long, I mean the whole year, and when it happens, I'm not going to say I told you so, but what I will say is that, get used to it, Chris. Get used to uh, seasons ending like this in Kentucky, okay? Oh, yeah. I mean, because I told you that's going to happen all year long. They can't shoot. Uh, there's, there's no coaching insights at all. Um, and, and by the way, you mentioned recruits. Let me just say this uh, on, on the national radio. Uh, they was in interview, and I believe his name was Maxie, the, the off guard. Tyrese he, he said he's, he's, uh, uh, what's his name? Tyrese Maxie, yeah, you got it. Maxie, yeah. He, he was speaking of Kentucky and how great he, you know, they are. And he said, yeah, uh, you can compare me to Ashton Hagen, but I can shoot. <laughs> hey, and, and, and another thing, I'm not the only one that criticizes Cal, and I don't have anything personal about it, but if y'all, if y'all listen to the national radio shows after Cal coaches the game, you'll see our, our thoughts are exactly the same. The guy doesn't, he doesn't, you know, I feel so sorry for Fatale uh, the other night, man. This guy is just taking him Every time down court, takes him right to the rack. You know what would have stopped that, as they said at halftime? Some kind of parades, one, three, one zone. I, 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 oh, and yeah. then we took, we took him to the basket. Told us over at the basket center, hey, coach, what do we do next? The whole game, man. Come on, Calipari. I mean, th- these guys are freshmen. Everything is new to them, man. You got to be there for them and, and, and get them through the fire, man. He knows nothing about that. Nothing at all. And, and, and P.J. Washington, you say he's the best shooter on the team? <laughs> no wonder they didn't make the Final Four again. Huh? 
How many free throws did he miss, Chris? Did you keep track this time? Oh, well, obviously missed free throws. I mean, it sounds like you're relishing in their defeat. Uh, uh, I mean, he had 28 points in that Not game. Not at all. He, he had, I'm not rushing at, at all. He, he had 28 points. Uh, he definitely, yeah. the past two years, uh, P.J. Yeah. Washington's missed free throws is actually what I link to their losses. Absolutely. Free throws uh, done them in in this game. Yes. Uh, but Yeah. And, and, and he would not be in the, in the NBA. He, he, he'd be in the G. used to be D-League. Yeah, yeah, he'd be there. And, ask, and what's the name of uh, uh, Kellen Johnson? <laughs> the incredible hockey God, man, I wouldn't drop that, that guy that you paid me to, man. I mean, what, what's he going to write to the NBA that they already got, got Chris? He's not an NBA player. You oh, know yeah, not. I don't think he's uh, ready for the NBA, but it don't matter what I think. I mean, the scouts, they're going to no, – they'll, they'll uh, draft him, and I don't see him sticking in the NBA long. I don't. No, no, no. He's not. And I'll say this, too, about Calipari. I mean, come on, man. Anybody with good sense knows that he has no intentions at all of going to UCLA. He, he gets beat again, and then he uses it the next day. Oh, what? If y'all don't me, I'm going somewhere else. He used that, man. Like the man said, he ripped Kentucky off again. He does it all the time, man. He's a negotiator, man. He, he's a salesman, like I've been saying. He stinks, man. I don't like him at all, man. And, and I'm looking forward to Tony Bennett. Oh, you remember last year when, when Bennett went out in the first round and, and y'all criticized him? <laughs> you know, watch him win the first one tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I guarantee that they, they'll win. I, I felt so bad for Auburn. Yeah, I, I did, man. But that was a great game. The, the guy fouled him. So hey, <laughs> that's what happens in a game like that. But that's uh-huh. pretty much all I had to say, man. I'm not rushing the fact. Hey, hey, uh, Chris, I've been a Kentucky fan long as you, you've been long as you've been born, man. I mean, come on, man. There's no way I could rush and defeat. I told you how the game was going to happen, man. They can't shoot. Get some shooters, man. You might be still playing. Well, uh, you know, you get these players in this. Um, uh, Late game situation on the free throw line, and a lot of good shooters turn into bad shooters. Pressure mounts on these young guys, and uh, he didn't come through on those free throws. That's how it happens. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mentioned shooters. Uh, Duke, Duke was the worst three point shooting team in the Elite Eight. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Cam Reddish. Man, why is he going so high in the draft, you think, Chris? Why, why is he so highly thought of? I don't understand it. Uh, I mean, he is projected to play better in the NBA, but I don't see it really? with that guy. Yeah, I mean, you know how these guys, they go off ceiling, and he has a high ceiling, but I didn't see much in uh, his one year at Duke that makes me think he's going to be much. Now, um, R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, oh, yeah. that's a different story. Uh, I agree. I, I, I go on this. I, I love Chris Mack's game. He 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 gets into the game, man. He gets shooters. He he gets guards that that can play the game. Kelly, enjoy your show, man. Thank you. Appreciate you as always, Blue. I really do love it. Speaking of clutch free throw shooters, Guy for Virginia shot three free throws yesterday. Only three, and he made all three of them right when it counted. That's how, what matters, man. How good does that have to feel for that guy? That's guy. Right. Yeah, I mean. Uh, what is he, a junior or senior? Something like that, right? Um, I believe so. I'll bring it up here. Yeah, I mean, after you get humiliated last year, uh, you step up. I think sometimes you have to go through those humiliating defeats to actually get to where you need to be. Um, that's why I was hoping Kentucky would have used that motivation at the beginning of the year, getting blown out by Duke. And if you look back, that was the best Duke game they played all year. Okay. The very first game, 
They looked like world beaters. And as the season went on, everybody was decoding how to beat that team. And I knew, you know, uh, they would eventually be stopped because they were the worst shooting team out there. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Kyle Guy is 6'2", 175 pounds. Worth mentioning, he's a junior. And we are located here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. He's from Indianapolis. Okay. So Kyle Guy with the, the huge performance yesterday with so many eyeballs watching. I was at, like I said, Rec Bar in J-Town with my kids and some friends and their kids. And everybody was on their feet. So college basketball, even when it doesn't involve Louisville or Kentucky or the Hoosiers, there is still an interest. I think Louisville's rated consistently as the number one college basketball market in the country uh, because of the presence of Kentucky and Louisville fans and Hoosier fans even. That's right. Um, But people do care. And although we may not be as emotionally invested in this national championship game, it is intriguing yeah, for Tony uh, Bennett to get the, the monkey off his back. You know, the storylines there would be his father, Dick Bennett, took Wisconsin to the Final Four. Uh, Tony Bennett now, obviously, has brought Virginia to the Final Four. Not only that, probably favored to win the national championship tomorrow night. Blue said he thinks Tony Bennett and Virginia will win tomorrow. Um, I think they should have lost a couple times before they've made it here, actually. That first, well, that, not the first game, but this past one. Uh, that they played yesterday, very close. Um, uh, and again, that was the undermanned Auburn team, just the same team that was undermanned against Kentucky. Uh, so Chris Beard's um, defense is pretty devastating uh, at Texas Tech, and I, I, I still I'm going to stick with them. We'll see what happens, but um, you know we're going to have somebody first time champion. After tomorrow. so We are the Weekend Sports Buzz brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. Louisville Combat Academy is located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. If you think you're tough, you want to learn to fight, or you already know how to fight, maybe you want to go in there and spar some people, <laughs> I encourage you to reach out to Louisville Combat Academy. It's the, the place where you'll face the most killers as far as MMA training and fighting at anyone in the state of Kentucky. We encourage all our listeners to stay tuned. Doc, Chris, and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. We are the only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville, Southern Indiana Market. Thanks to our man, Dugan Ryan. We get to come on the air each and every Sunday from 9 to 11, talking really whatever the hell we want to, Chris. That's right. It's a sports show. We know where, uh, you know, the the bread and butter of the show is always college basketball, right? That's kind of our recurring theme. If we were in Alabama, it would kind of have to be college football, right? That's right. So we play to the local market. We also cover fighting um, our man Brian the Insider at Brian the Insider on Twitter always provides us with updates for everything in the world of horse racing. So that's kind of the identity of our show, Chris. It's a, a weekly therapy session for me, really. I get to talk to you and you know Gary Love and and uh, Steve Driver and Doc Parks uh, about 
you know, whatever it is going on in the world of sports, after the national championship game tomorrow, as far as the local scene's concerned, be kind of a dead period. That's right. Uh, we've got the Derby. We've got baseball, NFL draft, NBA finals. But once all that's out of the way, you're stuck with baseball, and it's pretty, yeah, dead period. Dead period. But it's still fun to talk sports. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I follow the local MMA scene. There's boxing. Uh, you know, it, there's a lot going on always in my mind. Uh, so it's it's always enjoyable to come in. Um, you know, it, it, we don't want to focus too much on, I could go on and on about this upcoming HRMMA show in Dayton. That's not necessarily what the the show is outside of when we have AJ or our MMA get, guest on each and every week. Um, other story, I guess, would be in the NBA. It looks like the Warriors will probably cruise to a title. Earlier in the show, I referenced them as being a, a dynasty. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I would have never imagined it when the team was formed. Uh, they definitely look unbeatable with the style they play. You have that many shooters on one team, and, yeah, you're going to be the favorite every year. And, uh, you know, while this team is still together, they look pretty unbeatable to me. So not a lot of intrigue as far as anybody really. I guess the Sixers, Yeah, our man Marcus mentioned that earlier. Who knows? They've got Joel Embiid while when he's on, he really is a force that I don't think anybody can guard. So, who knows? Maybe the, the Sixers could get in there and make some noise if they get into the finals and represent the East in, right. the, in the NBA finals this year. Do you think there's a chance of that, or, or who knows? Yeah, I don't. Probably not. There's no telling, but, I mean, when it comes down to it, there's no team that can shoot like Golden State, and I think that's going to be the difference uh, to win it all, really. When you have Kevin Durant doing what he does, and then if he has any type of an off night, you have – Clay Thompson or Steph Curry, who's just ready to absolutely go off at any time. That's right. There's a lot more to the Warriors than that, but that type of offensive potency doesn't really seem like anybody can mess with it. For the long-term parity of the league, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, how long are they going to stay together? Durant's not close to being washed up. Nobody really is. Well, Durant, uh, there's uh, some rumblings about him going to the Knicks uh, after this offseason. Um. See, he's got his feel of titles. Well, I mean, you can always win more, but now he's getting back to focusing on making the most money. Uh, I think he took a pay cut to go to the Golden State Warriors. Now he's wanting a max contract again. So uh, I can understand that. You went and you shopped a title uh, team, and now you want to make that money. Because you've landed your title. So, um, we'll see what happens. I don't know why you would want to go to New York. That's where players go to obscurity. Uh, New York has been uh, one of the worst, uh, you know, GM, you know, uh, the guys in the office that run that you know, organization are not good at all. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But, yes, Golden State will win it again. 
So there's not a lot of intrigue, really, for anything there. That almost takes some of the the fun out of it. If LeBron was still with the Cavaliers, right? Yeah. And they were inevitably going to make it back to the finals, that would be a much better narrative heading into the NBA playoffs. Um, Not just in my opinion, but I mean, right now there's nobody who really thinks the Warriors are not going to win it. Right. Yeah, and... um it's it's the first time we've had a playoffs without a LeBron James in it in what ten years, an eight nine years something like that. So uh, that that's the problem. the The NBA is too lopsided. You've got too many stars on one team. Uh, some fans like that. I don't particularly care for that. I you know when you can pretty much. Uh, determine what's going to happen at the end. It, it all the suspense being gone. I mean, anything can happen. It's not guaranteed that Golden State's going to win. But come on, that's they're overwhelming favorites. Okay, answer me this, Chris. What if Golden State had Anthony Davis on the team? What kind of tune would you be singing? I mean, I'd be happy for Anthony Davis, but I'd still feel the same way. But uh, you'd be much more interested in it. Yeah. I would uh, because that's okay, uh, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I with I mean, that. they do have Demarcus Cousins on the team. Okay, so um, that don't get me. I mean, I don't watch that uh, their team play. I mean, they they come on really late. That's a West Coast team, so I don't get to see them play very often. I see highlights. How significant is it if Demarcus Cousins? Because just off the top of my head, this will probably be the first time a big star under Cal has went on to really win a title, right? Yeah, I mean... Who am I missing, Chris? There was some backup... uh, Backup guys, okay. But Marcus Cousins is a big personality. He's almost uh, maybe a modern incarnation of Shaq or Barkley, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean... Am I exaggerating there? Is Is he a Shaq or Barkley? He's polarizing he's a very good pulse player that uh has a short temper so he's almost more rasheed wallace yeah that, that's a better comparison yeah. but but he's physically large and he can move inside so that's where i bring the shack and barkley type stuff the people who do get to know demarcus cousins always speak very highly of him and, and to his credit he doesn't have like off the court domestic violence and stuff like that right, right. it's just his temper on the court uh you know, and he's, you know, a couple seasons in a row, I think he led uh, the league in technicals or uh, uh, flagrant fouls or something like that. I know he's notorious for uh, getting into, you know, trouble on the court with his mouth and whatever, you know. But, yeah, um, that would be the biggest uh, star that played at, uh, under Calipari to win a championship if they do that. Um, but, yeah, the intrigue in the NBA is so low right now because of this, you know, stacked team like this. So, uh, hopefully we can get another team next year that can compete with this team. Um, I'm also interested to see the first Zion LeBron matchup when they match up against each other. That'll be pretty interesting. But, yeah, there's not many storylines uh, in this playoff that really intrigue me. Now, I'm looking at the the Warriors' recent games. It doesn't look like he – Cousins played at all 
in their most recent game. So is he going to be playing in this, even playing in the playoffs? Uh, you know, I'm not even sure. I don't think he's re-injured. Um, he Den- could be. I, I'm not sure. Exactly. Denver at Golden State from the second of this month. Cousins, yeah, 29 minutes, 28 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. So it looks like they, maybe they sat him out, which is par for the course for a, a favorite to win the title. So Cousins, okay, so let's, let's get on this. We've just got a few minutes left here on the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. Cousins plays a big role in the Warriors winning it all this year, Chris. Yeah. What type of narrative does that... Uh, spin for Cal players. How significant is that for Cal? Well, you know, Cal's a marketing genius, so I'm sure he will capitalize on DeMarcus Cousins' uh, win if they if they were to win it all. Um, yeah, he'll turn it into something. But, you know, again, that's we're talking 10 years ago when he played at Kentucky. Calipari needs to land another DeMarcus-type guy. Uh, but you know he, he has to be fair, right? He has landed plenty of them, right? Well, he's it's just guys that take it and then actually get on a real good team, right? Right? Yeah. Demarcus Cousins, who knows? He could be the Finals MVP this year. How significant would that be if that happened? That would be a different story. Yes. Okay. He, Am it, I, I, I? I'm always trying to hype things up. I feel like I'm just a hype man, but. You say that would be a different story. How much of a different story? How significant would that be? Let's say Demarcus Cousins. He averages 28 and, and 15 rebounds and seven assists through a, a, a six games of a NBA Finals, all right? Yeah. And he's the MVP for the team. How I, big of a narrative is that? That, that would be huge. Uh, and, yeah, Calipari would find a way to spin that into his recruiting. Okay. Uh, most definitely. Um, but, you know, I hate to say it, but most uh, – Mostly what's uh, steering guys right now is it looks like from the MB, uh, the FBI files is this underhanded money. So maybe it won't help in recruiting. You never know. Hopefully they can get that cleaned up and uh, we don't have to keep talking about that. But, uh, yeah, that would be great for DeMarcus. Um, and the Kentucky fan base would be engaged a little. So next week we'll maybe get to talk about that some. And yeah. not only Derby over these next few weeks, but maybe a, a DeMarcus Cousins presence on the Warriors throughout the playoffs. I'm trying to think ahead, you know, Chris. What are we going to be talking about a month from now? So maybe DeMarcus Cousins. We'll, we'll mortgage our entire uh, collective focus on the, the shoulders of DeMarcus Cousins as I'll just go ahead and predict it. I predict he's going to be the – Finals MVP. Oh, that's a big one. I think so. So we'll see. I want to thank AJ Jenkins for coming in. Uh, Louisville Combat Academy is the title sponsor for the weekend sports buzz. We appreciate their support. I want to thank Doc Parks. Of course, yourself, Chris Embry. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We're going to wrap things up here. Be sure to join us next Sunday from 9 to 11. We will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. Thank you.